Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining our podcast this week. We are on episode three, and today we're going to talk about identity, culture, and Netflix. Super excited to talk about these different topics. We've been planning and praying on it. And, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk about on this podcast is not just a current events, but also talk about how we can really uh, speak into your heart, speak into your life, help you to follow Jesus. But also, man, things that are going on in the world are just crazy. So we have to talk about them. So we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff this week. And I'm super excited because not only do we have Pastor Eric, our lead pastor on the podcast today, we also got our worship pastor, one of our worship pastors, Pastor Juan in the house. So thank you guys for joining us. Pastor Eric, how's it going? It's going good. Glad to be back. Awesome. Glad that Pastor Juan is with us. Can't wait to hear all his pearls of wisdom today. Mm -hmm. I hope so. He's going to bring it. He might sing it. He might rap it. Mm. Oh, he might drum it. I'm down. You might, might not, strum it. They Don't might not gas be ready. me up, Pastor. I am down. <laughs> you might drum it and strum it at the <laughs> there, same time. There you go. <laughs> like those guys in San Francisco that play like four or five instruments at one time. A little one-man band. One-man hey, band. If I'm going to do that, y'all got to tip me. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> All right. We'll take an offering at <laughs> the end. Pick up an offering. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Juan, how does it feel to be on? It's good to have you on, oh, bro. It feels great. I love what's been going on. I love to see the content that's been coming out. And I'm just super excited, man. Super excited to be here and excited to see what the Lord might do through conversation and how I'm, I'm ready to be inspired by y'all, be encouraged, and just to see what God does, man. I'm pumped. Good stuff. Good stuff. Before we jump in, any family updates, any new things that you want to let people know that are listening, anything that's going on? Pastor Eric or Pastor Juan, I know Levi had a great tournament this weekend, which was yeah, awesome. Yeah, Baseball tournament. Yeah, crazy, it. crazy. He got to play uh, down in Bakersfield where the air was not toxic right. and <laughs> terrible and caustic and all that bad stuff. He got to play in a tournament. Hit his first over the fence home run. All right, come on, come on now. Proud Slugger. of him. Proud, yeah. of, proud of him. He went like like five for five or six for six something. Nope, made no outs. Bunch of RBIs. Their team won the tournament. They're a great group of kids. Great players. That so was fun. Yeah. So good stuff in the Baca household, and everyone's everyone's well. All right, good mm. stuff, Pastor Juan. You got anything? Oh, I'm chilling, bro. Just you know, same old. Trying to write songs. Trying to do stuff like that. Trying to. Trying to get the the dreams going again and start okay. pursuing those things yeah. with some of the time at the house. Okay. Trying to take advantage of the time. The quarantine time, the alone time. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't the have time to with the wifey too, you know? I feel that. That's the main one. So <laughs> good stuff. Yes, sir. Good, good stuff. Well, we're just gonna jump into it. I'm I'm super excited, a little nervous actually to talk about this topic. Not because I think it's a bad topic, but uh for me, the the nervousness is uh, you know, I, I think Listeners are going to hear this, and I think they're super excited to hear it, but at the same time, I don't think they're maybe ready. I think sometimes when we talk about truth, we want truth, we crave truth, but then sometimes we're not ready to completely hear the truth, right. but I know God's going to speak to it. And so we're just going to jump right in. What's going on with Netflix? We've had this whole situation the last week, and most of mm. you who are listening know this, that Netflix has had this huge controversy. They have released this movie called Cuties, which is what we probably arguably are uh, agreeably say that it's this really perverse, really bad movie, right? We would all probably start the tone and agree with that. Mm -hmm. And it's just went viral, whether good or bad. We have some people, uh, mostly on the left defending it, uh, people who maybe, uh, wherever they're at in life, but, but majority of people that I've seen have really, um, argued against it and said it's bad and it's crazy. And we've even have this 
huge movement happening on social media right now. For those of you that are on social media where it's people are canceling their Netflix account and right with anything, there's all these things that are happening around the world. And it just feels like there's something every week. We felt like we wanted to talk about this because more than I think just the Netflix conversation, there's something even deeper. And so first off, let's just get your take. Pastor Juan, what do you think? The Netflix thing, this cuties movie, let's just start it off and let's just bounce back and forth and talk about it. So, mm. Well, apparently from what I see, um, it's kind of started with, I guess they had certain thumbnails and for the thumbnails that they had, um, Netflix has already apologized for those. So, you know, when you're scrolling through Netflix and cuties pops up, you know, Netflix, they're able to, and probably with the team, whoever makes it, they're able to um, pick what pictures they want you to see. And I noticed like back in the day, that's like a smart, like, oh, I've seen that, that Marvel movie before. I've seen that Avengers movie before, but they changed the thumbnail and I mm -hmm. thought it was new. So, you know, they're, they're able to, to, to make moves with their thumbnail game. And apparently whatever they led the way with was not it. Right. With cuties. Right. So they had to apologize for that. And I think it was of the, the cast, the young girls, um, doing like dance poses in the pictures initially. So I think one thing just to know is like first impressions are important. That That's was true. kind of the world's first impression of it. But then once people actually saw it, I think there's been a common thread of people feeling like, okay, like, like you said, there's kind of left where it's like the message needs to be talked about. And at the same time, I see people saying, yes, the message needs to be talked about, but the dance scenes are excessive. Right. Like there's so like we could have the message. I seen somebody post like the message could have been delivered without that much like dance scene. You know what I mean? Like there's an excessiveness. And as of yesterday on the USA Today, we got four state attorney generals asking Netflix to pull cuties. They're asking them to pull it. So for me, it's like, man, you got these guys coming together to write a letter, um, asking Netflix to pull it is very serious. Um, I kind of salute them for doing that. Right. Because I kind of agree with that. Like, yes, the message needs to be talked about. Absolutely. But at the same time, you can't contribute to the problem or you can't totally. go accept. Like, I, and I get it as directors, the directors and trying to be creative. You're trying to um, paint pictures. But sometimes, man, you can go too far and it's just not necessary. Yeah. Right. I think there's right a line with perversion. And if you don't know this, if you're a Christian and a believer, we are called to absolutely fall in love with the word, trust the word, lean mm. on the word. And the word tells us right and wrong. Liberal people, people who lack morals or ethics mm -hmm. or don't understand uh, a, a real proper understanding of biblical Christianity will, will often try to move that line. I love what you said, but this is serious. When, when, when the world and culture steps over the line, it is serious and it is our job. Pastor Eric, I, I know you talk about this often and you talk about like, we have to hold the line. Why, why is it so important right now? Like, I, I think so a lot of the viewers, even they're listening to this, whether they're on the fence or they probably even agree, like, yeah, this is awful. We need to cancel Netflix, but maybe feeling like, I don't know, maybe I should, because there's such this pressure to just be part of the culture, even though they're doing wrong. Why, why is it important to hold the line and just give your thoughts about this Netflix thing? I think it's important that the viewers hear it. So, yeah, I think that, that we as believers were called to be salt and light. Yeah. So mm -hmm. light stands out mm -hmm. uh, in a dark world and the, the darkness of the world is the mentalities and the philosophies and the belief systems that Christ came to break. For sure. Those belief systems, those passions, those mindsets lead to, to death and destruction. So we're meant to be light, meaning to point the, another way. And then salt was a preservative back in biblical times. So our role as believers 
is to preserve the good right. that Christ mm. or God has established on the planet. Come on now. So we have a job to do in that, to preserve the good things. Yeah. So there are, there are layers to this. I, I don't know that a believer would ever want their daughter on that stage. True. Right. But I think believers, especially now, I think the temptation is there's a saying, don't be so open-minded, your brain falls out. And for any believer that is even attempting to defend this right. film is so open-minded, their brain fell out. Yeah, I agree. Like they're, they're, they're trying to be a devil's advocate or they're trying to be, yeah. you know, philosophical. Right. They're trying to look at it from a different, a different perspective. They're trying to look at it from the writers or the producers, the playwrights perspective. When you have half naked children imitating sex acts on stage, right? That is being so open-minded, your brain fell out, and we, not, we need to get our brain back in right? Mm. and have a bibliocentric view of right. the world. We have a job to do, and it isn't to play games with ethics and morality. Mm, that's so good. It's to hold a biblical line. It isn't our line. It's not like we write the book. For sure. And it, it's, it was given to us. The standard was given to us. We have a job to do. Now, here's where, you know, I think, I think for the believer— that tries to be so open-minded their brain falls out and somehow defends it or commends it or advocates for it, even from a philosophical perspective, that's bad. But I think we could also go bad the other way where we start to demonize or we start to uh, be belligerent, I guess I would say. Mm, yeah. Uh, we would, right. that we're belligerent, that we, we lose our glow because we, our hearts get darkened with unrighteous anger. Right or an unrighteous way of dealing with it. So the salt doesn't ruin the food, the meat that it meant to preserve. It's just enough salt to do the job yeah. to stop the decay. Mm -hmm. We've all had too much salt. We know what it's like to eat something that sh should have some salt. And when it's lacking, we notice. And so we ask for the salt shaker, but we also know what it's like for something to be too salty that you can't eat it. It's true. And Ooh. so it's about balance. Like yeah. we, I am, as a father of two daughters, I am angry. I believe I'm righteously angry that something like that could be produced. I'm angry for the girls that were used mm -hmm. by their parents, by the producers. These are children who are being told, hey, this is how you can be an actress. Yeah, this, this is how, is you, how you make it. This, this is, is how you how get you into Hollywood. It. Yeah. Show your body, imitate sex acts. Yeah. And you. And this is, this is stardom. So they're being lied to and fooled and misled and, and, and they're by, I'm not angry. I'm angry about that. And I'm angry that anyone would, would think that, um, that's appropriate to get as a, as a father. I wouldn't want my girls thinking, Hey, that's okay. Like I wouldn't want that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, but we, we need to make sure we don't sin in our anger that we pray. How do we be salt? How do we be light in a way that is beneficial and let's do it. Let's do that. Let's not ignore it. Let's not pretend these things aren't happening. Um, let's engage it, but let's, let's engage it with an anointing and with love um, so that he, we can be useful. For sure. I, I agree. And I, and I think just what you said, right? We're, we're not, we didn't make the rules. And I think that's something uh, a person who understands Christianity understands the way of following Jesus really understands that, that we didn't make the rules. And, and I think that's something that the world misconceives. If you don't really follow Jesus or you never really have where you think that, Oh, 
every church is different and, and, and they're to a degree they are, and they're just up for their own interpretation, but no, there, there are really black and white lines. Now there are complexities to situations, right? We're not just going to now bash and, and we're not angry at the little girls, for example. I think that's a great example, right? We're not just going to start, you know, putting hate stuff or, or making comments on social media for that little girl actress or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, but there is this degree of, we need to be able to say what's right and what's wrong. And this is one of many examples in our culture yeah. that's happening. This is just the recent one. And we're going to talk about all of them. We talked about it in, in April, May. We talked about it before we did the podcast. We, when, when, the, when everything happened with George Floyd and, and how he was murdered and, and right, wrong. Like we're, we, we got to speak truth and we got to uh, be able to communicate that. And I, I love what Pastor Eric said, though. I love what you said that. But at the same time, we can't go to the extreme where we end up losing our salt, right? It's where it's in that story where it says, where if a salt loses its flavor, what good of it is, what, what use of it? And, mm. and I think Pastor Juan, you're, you're really good at this, bro. Like just knowing you, we were actually talking yesterday, me and Pastor Juan have been friends for like 10 years now, which is kind of crazy. crazy. And um, I think you're really good at that balance of, of, of understanding truth, but then also um, like making sure you don't lose your saltiness. How, mm. how do you do that? How do you do that? Like if I'm a person out here that's angry or upset, how do I still love, but still be righteous and holy and hold the line, you know, as a mm -hmm. believer, as a follower? What, what are things that you've done with that? Man, there's so much to it. I feel like everything in my life has kind of contributed to growing in that. And for example, it's like remembering when, where I was, when I was lost, and I didn't know Jesus. And then also, I think I've had the opportunity, like I've always had a heart for ministry since I was 18, like 17 years old. I came back to Jesus for real at youth ministry. And in 18, I felt called to ministry, like be a missionary, be a youth pastor, whatever, like God, whatever you want, I'll do it. But all the while of pursuing that, I'm working at these jobs and I'm like, God, why do you have me at these jobs? You know, I started at the mall in Stockton, Weberstown Mall, at, started at Journeys selling shoes. And then I realized that um, somebody told me like, bro, you have a heart for ministry to save souls and you helping people with their souls talking about shoes. <laughs> I was like, all right, I see you. <laughs> they over. Pretty good though. That was pretty good little bar. Help them with both. <laughs> Help them with both. You know, I was like, okay, I see you. And so I'm doing that and I'm like, God, why am I at these jobs? I'm not really getting paid that much. Let's keep it real. And then I went from there to T-Mobile where I'm getting paid more, but I'm stressed out and I'm not able to do ministry um, at all. And then I go to Shoe Palace, shout out to my Shoe Palace crew um, <laughs> everywhere. But that's still Tracy Stockton. I see you. And um, I still got friends that are managers and doing their thing, thankfully, because I still get hooked up. But what I realized is I'm like, God, why am I at these jobs? And it's because of the people. Like, that's why I was there for my coworkers and the people that I interacted with on the daily. And I had the opportunity to like apply faith and apply character in interactions with people. And that's what grew me to like have a heart for balance because I would hang out with church friends and, you know, you go to Denny's after as a young person, right? Go to Denny's after. Then I'd also go to Denny's after with my shoe palace crew and saw how they interacted and realized that they are looking for something real, man. I yeah. can't tell them that I... I serve at my youth ministry at my church. I serve on worship team at my church. I'm, I'm really involved and then show up to work and start acting different. Wild. Yeah, it's true. Like wilding out, cussing, yeah. getting angry, yeah. um, coming late, being lazy at work. Like all Come of on. these things now mattered. Now you're preaching. You know what I'm saying? Be early. All that stuff started Stay to matter. Yeah, yeah, all that. And then I realized like, man, there's so much like just all of the weight of the witness that we have. So for me, that's kind of always cultivated the need to like 
Somebody needs to be Jesus to them. You know what I mean? And I can't come to them speaking Christianese. I got to be able to relate to them. And, um, but that's just who I, that's just how the Lord made me. For sure. That's what he's called me to do, to be a balance and to go outside the church. And, And I love that. I love that you always have, bro, since I've known you, but then you've never been scared of like holding the line. Mm-hmm. And being like, this is right, this is wrong. And I think people respect, like I remember when I was in high school, I I was really trying to follow Jesus. And anybody who has teenagers or was a teenager and trying to do the Jesus thing in high school, it's a little tough. I remember being in the locker room and guys were talking about, you know, the parties they did on the weekend. And I would right. talk about the prayer meetings I went to, right? And and at first they laugh because it's like ignorance, I feel. There's a, not ignorance because they're they're dumb, but there's not a, an understanding but when you really live your life, and I really learned this from Pastor Eric, when you really live your life consistently, one, when something goes wrong, they end up coming to you. And then two, there's a level of respect because you're the real deal. Mm-hmm. You're the real deal. If I could be honest, just, just jumping off of this conversation with Pastor Juan, and I think this is something I really struggle with. I, I find it so easy today for people to, and maybe it's just right now, and it's both sides where we, we have to hate sin like this, this, you should hate this movie cuties. We're going to say that right now. Like if you are a believer and you follow Jesus, and even if you don't, if you just understand moral and ethics and the truth, basic decency, basic decency, you should hate this movie. You should despise this movie. This movie breaks the heart of God. No questions asked, Mm. but at the same time, not even about this topic, but just now I'm just speaking in a general sense. I find it so easy for people to just hate individuals. Mm. Like it is, it's just so easy. Like I know so many people and, and not even to get really into the politics side, but so many people hate Trump. And on the other side, so many people hate Joe Biden. So many people hate like different, like it just, and, and I think what you said is so good that we, we have to, be able to still love people, even in their mess, even in their brokenness. And how we love people is by telling them the truth, giving them the gospel and no, telling them they're right and wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but I just, I just really, and, and maybe it's not a talking point. And Pastor Eric, you can jump in and, and cause I know you're, you're already ready. You got something to say. Um, I do. Yeah, I can I'm, tell. I'm enjoying hearing you guys. <laughs> but, but, but this, this, why, I, I guess that's my question. Why is it so easy for people to just hate individuals and, Especially when Christians were not called to that, we're, you you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, help me a little bit because yeah. I I well, just I, I I'm about to offend somebody, but yeah, you better go ahead. But good, and okay. even if it's me, I'm fine. All I, right, I, I still love you. All yeah, right, we'll take so so I think that the believer who is quick to rage mm. has not spent transparent time with God. Alone. Oof. Come on. Like maybe oh, they awesome. spent time with God. Like maybe they spent time with like they do their prayers and they right. read their scriptures, but they have lost the wonder of their own salvation. Man. And there's no real sincerity anymore. They've lost maybe some uh the transparency, the vulnerability with even God. They're oh. too familiar with him. And his presence. Come on. And so now they've moved up the ranks. It's almost like they're building a tower of Babel, getting closer and closer to being at the same level as God. And it's really easy to judge people when you're there. Right. Wow. So if I offended you, 
No, but pray that, about it. That was a bomb. Man. Get get naked before God again, like Adam and Eve, and, yeah. and walk with Him in the garden. Take the fig mm. leaves off. Recognize, yeah. yeah, recognize just how fallen we are. If not for the how depraved we all are, the the depravity of man, the complete and utter lostness of man. If not for the grace of God, so we. So there is an anger we can have. Right. It's righteous anger. Yep. Jesus had it. Mm-hmm. And I think we can be righteously angry, but righteous anger never leads us to the condemnation of a person. It might be the condemning of an act or the condemning yes. of an idea, right. right? but never the condemning of a person. In fact, the closer we are to God, the more sensitive we are to that reality because right. we weren't condemned when we should have been condemned. Yep. And so we never lose sight of the person that might be very vitriolic and hateful, even hateful mm-hmm. towards us, mm-hmm. but we never lose sight of the person when we have spent sincere time with God because we recognize, but by the grace of God, go I, that could be me. And that should have been me. I was on my way there, but by God's grace, I'm not. Mm-hmm. So even as I discuss and disagree, I'm going to never lose sight of the image of God in the person because that's the goal. It isn't to win an argument. It's to win a soul to a relationship with Christ. Right. And go ahead Pastor Juan. Go for Yo, it. I just want to add something to that. I feel like the first part of that, that answer kind of made me realize, because when you asked me the question of like, how it is that I have the heart for what I have when it comes to balance and still loving truth, but loving on people, I feel like that right there. And I've seen believers like operate in that, that mentality. And then I've interacted with people and they share their story a little bit with church or with, with me about their interaction. And I hear them say they've encountered believers that operate in that. And for some reason, God awoke in me a heart to want to go out and attack that and be the opposite of that and love on people because somebody's got to be Jesus to these people. And I know I'm different. And, you know, I grew up where I grew up in Salinas and coming to Stockton from hood to hood. (laughs) But like I was able to spend time with my lead pastors in high school and get like taught like what it's like to carry yourself as a believer, get a lot of behind the scenes as a 14, 15, 16 year old every weekend at my lead pastor's house. So it's like, I had both sides of like growing up in the hood, but growing up um, hanging around lead pastors a lot and having father figures mentor me cause I didn't have a dad and things like that. So it's like, I got to, so I, I say that to say that I speak fluent language. You know, I know <laughs> I do, I do. Right. But my thing is, is like so many people have been hurt by believers like that or leaders or whatever where somebody's got to be Jesus to these people. And that's why I have such a heart for balance and a passion. And the Lord just put that on my heart, man, like to connect with these people that some church folk might not want to connect with or whatever. And if we come with our own agenda with a picket sign or whatever, or just trying to preach at them the whole time and not even trying to listen, it's just not going to work. You know what I mean? And so the Lord gives us all wisdom on how to connect with the people that we're called to connect with. So that's really good. I think, I think, Related to that, the, you know, the motivation there or, or the, the breakdowns of that, I think oftentimes is for a believer, they think they, they lose their compassion and they think they actually have to defend God mm. or wow. defend the truth. Yep. Like God can be diminished by a, a movie, <laughs> right? right. We're doing our I Am series. He is not diminished by us in any way. Or culture or anything. He's not yeah. made greater by us. Right. He is the I am. Mm. So if we, if, if we don't have to spend our time trying to defend God and we can spend our time 
wanting to represent him in his nature mm. of mercy and kindness, then we can speak the, the whole speaking the truth in love is a real thing. I just think sometimes people say that and they don't really get it. That's good. To love the person. Don't worry about winning an argument because the truth is, what are we? We're, we're workers in a vineyard, right? We're, right. we're farmers, we're harvesting. So the truth is that you can't convince anybody intellectually. Um, you can't save someone intellectually. At some point it's going to be a surrender of the will. So mm-hmm. love has to be a part of it. And people, if you, people don't listen to people they don't like. True. Oh, that's good. Being, we shouldn't care about being liked for our own value because our value comes from Christ. Mm-hmm. And if someone doesn't like me, oh, well, that's okay. But I shouldn't take any pride in not being liked because I quote unquote represented the truth. I should want to be a likable person. Likeability actually matters. If we mm. want to be evangelists, if we want people to listen to us, if we want people to confide in us, if we want people to give us an ear, they got to like us. Right. And they got to respect our walk, but they got to like us. Yeah. And people like people that show them kindness and mercy. I've, experience kindness and mercy when I deserve judgment from right. people. When someone could have just said, that's it, you're done. Mm-hmm. But those that showed me without approving of my mistakes, but they loved me anyways. Those are the people that I listen to. And so we should care about those kinds of things. Now, if we love people and they still don't like us because of the truth, well, we were ready for that because Christ right. said we would be rejected. Mm but we shouldn't go out of our way to not be likable. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we're some kind of disrespectful, some right? kind of yeah. like kingdom Navy seal going out and right, you know, right. doing damage. Like, no, we, we should care. Um, Jesus said we would be known by our love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think, and, and just to segue into the second part, right? Mentality and identity really go hand in hand, knowing who you are then gives you the ability to know what you're called to do. Knowing who you are gives you the ability to know what's right and wrong because you you're able to see. Right. And, and I think for a lot of people who are even struggling with this whole cuties thing, and even let, let's take it a fir- step further. Cause I, I think the cuties thing is a, uh, is a fruit or is just an effect of really what's happening is the sexualization of a culture. And come on, we live in California. Like we, we are at the peak of it, the sex, the sexualization of a culture and it becoming normalized. And I know one way, not the only way, but one way is for young people, older people to understand their identity as sons and daughters in Jesus. We have an identity issue with believers and not saying everyone, but, but if we really knew who we were, but, but man, this, this culture thing and, and. I know Pastor Eric, you talk about it a lot that we're, we're headed in this wrong direction and, and how do we do it in love? Right. But, but get it back to either hold the line or go back the right way. And obviously, right. People need to be transformed in the gospel, but there's other things as well. So, well, the church is the hope of the world, right? I, we believe that biblically. So we're his ambassadors. We're ministers of a new covenant. We're evangelists and missionaries, witnesses to the truth. The culture we see eroding, just to kind of use the cuties uh, movie as uh, an example of this 
next conversation is I don't think anyone would have defended this movie except in the dark corners of society 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm. Mm. But our society's become hypersexualized. Right. And there is a movement even, you can find it. There's a movement to legalize sex with children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have seen the markers moved in the last seven years that defy logic and we would have never seen it coming. An example is the gender identity issues where I might identify as a, if I say I identify as a woman, the reality, there's no, there's no like blood test that would show a physiological marker that says, yes, this person, mm-hmm. you know, right. is somehow more woman than man. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's no, not a psychological test. There's, it's just simply the person making the de- declaration. Mm-hmm. And now the pressure on society is okay. Then now that man is a woman and should, we should identify that person as a woman because they self identify as a woman, regardless of now for 6,000 years, everyone has known what a man is and what a woman is, but all of a sudden it's up for debate Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's actually being legislated. It's being codified in our laws in different ways. We would have never seen that coming. So we are seeing movements and, 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 and the reason why, I guess, just to kind of segue specifically, the reason why something like transgenderism, gay marriage, why it's such a hot topic and why it's such a cultural force is because of identity. It's when we, if we were to say, I don't believe that a man can simply call himself a woman and therefore he's a she we're coming in a type of hate crime because we're Our coming bigotry, against yeah. the, right. the identity of the person. Right. Or if, uh, if you were to make a statement, a biblical statement against homosexuality, we mm-hmm. believe as Bible believing people, that's a sin. Homosexuality. If someone practices homosexual acts, they are mm-hmm. committing a sexual sin, right. just like right. no greater, no worse mm-hmm. than a man having sex with a woman outside of marriage. Right. They're, They're just living together. Living together, having sex, yeah, cheating on his wife, sex before marriage, that that is, that's a a sin. It's all the same. Well, I've had conversations with homosexuals that take issue that say, well, you're coming against me as a person. Mm. Mm. Right. Mm. Because they've tied their identity to their sexuality. Mm. I have Mm. never tied my identity to the fact that I'm attracted to women. Mm -hmm. I'm a child of God. Right. I'm a person with a personality with interests, but my personhood, because I believe I'm made in the image of God, that's where I get my identity. Yeah. I don't get my identity in my job, which is a problem for people. Totally. Mm-hmm. I don't get my identity through my children, which is a problem for people. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't get my identity out of what I have, which is a problem for people. And I don't get my identity out of my sexual orientation. Right. Mm. But they've conflated the two so that when you disagree with a sexual lifestyle or activity, you are actually coming against their personhood, mm-hmm. which is a lie. It's not true. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's so, it's, it's so impassioned. Mm. That's why we're, you know, believe, Christian can be reviled by their biblical take of marriage mm-hmm. and sex is because they see us as being uh, bigots, 
and um, violent even with our words. Because now that's, that's a thing. If you say the wrong thing, it's like you're hitting them, hitting mm-hmm. somebody, hitting someone, committing violence. And, it, and it's because it's tied to their identity. We have to get straight who we are. Who we are. Yes. Where do we get our identity? Yes, absolutely. So that we can walk well and make good choices. Yeah. And, and if I could be honest, I, I would say, and, and people who probably don't really like us probably aren't even here in this podcast, so that's okay. Um, but the people who are really lost and from someone who was very lost, who comes from generations of being lost, like I'm the first person really saved in my family. You can never know your identity until you experience Jesus. It's yeah. one of the greatest parts of the gospel is that I, I once write in John where it says that I was once a child of Satan. Now I am adopted mm-hmm. into the family of God. Amen. I'm now yeah. a son and now I can now live out my life. And, and it doesn't, it happens overnight in the sense of the status, right? Jesus adopts us, but then I have to learn how to live out sonship and live out identity or daughterhood or whatever. But it's, it's one of the beautiful things of the gospel. And I mm-hmm. think these people or individuals, not these people, but individuals who struggle with these things, the thing I've seen the most when God transforms them and they accept Jesus and, you know, cause we've worked with, we've worked with them. We've like, we're, we, we're here at this church and, and even other churches, but we've had people who struggle with homosexuality, with sexual sin, even yeah. transgenderism. And we love them and we Amen. know God has a plan for them. So yeah. that's not the issue, right? We're going to yeah. love people. Amen. But, and then when they really, we see it, right? We see them and they start to walk in their identity as sons. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. It's so Amen. powerful. Amen. Um, Pastor Juan, I know you can agree with me on this because we've had struggles with our dads that mm. oftentimes though, when coming into this thing, um, our experiences with our family tend to really, um, break or hurt or damage our identity. How did you overcome that? Mm. Just a couple things. Cause I think some people might be listening to this and realizing, you know what, that sexual sin I'm dealing with this thing of like, agreeing with the culture. Maybe there is something to this Jesus thing. Maybe I can be different. I can be welcomed. I can be accepted. Mm-hmm. I, God can transform me. This sin issue can transform me. And I know Pastor Eric, you probably have some stuff as well because you're a great dad. And so yeah. you have that perspective. Just just to bounce off of it for, between you guys, to, to how can I become part of this? How can I not like just to go to church, but learning that, yeah, like my identity doesn't have to be in shambles. I don't have to figure it out every week. I can... I can, I can, you're telling me that there's a solution, right? There's, there's a solution to this thing. And this, and part of it is this identity thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was that for you? Like just walking through that, Pastor Juan. Yeah, there's kind of so much to it. I could kind of hit yeah, like I the, know. the bullet points of like, just off the top of my head. Like for me, uh, like growing up without, without a dad, I know we, we still have a fatherless generation problem. We still have that. So obviously we're products of that. So for me, like my dad and my mom split when I was like in second grade, they had a divorce my dad was always involved with gangs in and out of prison my whole time. And I knew he loved me, but I knew his lifestyle just took him to prison. He then six months later, he'd come out um, a little more swole, you know what I mean? A little bit bigger, more buff. And then he'd go right back in. And then all of a sudden they split. So then in about sixth grade, he was shot, he was killed and he was, he was taken from, from this world. And I don't know, I, I know he might've got saved at like a victory outreach type of ministry, so, um, you know, my mom and I kind of hope to that, believe that he yeah. came back to the Lord in his last moments, whatever the case may be. But um, so then growing up without dad, it's like 
I knew Jesus at a young age because my mom was the first person saved in my family. And she set herself apart to raise me to follow Jesus. And she was just down with whatever Juan needs to get through school and have a couple video games, have a couple pairs of shoes. But I want him to serve the Lord. She prayed over me. I knew she did. So she would kind of support the video games more to keep me in the house. But like, <laughs> for sure. But like she wanted me to serve Jesus. And I caught that that vision early, even before sixth grade. But once sixth grade hit, dad's taken. I go through a hard time. I don't come back fully to Jesus until 17, like I kind of said earlier. So 17, I come back to Jesus. And I felt like the Lord was kind of ministering to me at the altar of a youth service. And I remember feeling so lost, even wishing I had more time with my dad. But then it's kind of tough because I knew he wasn't the greatest influence. And I'm kind of like, maybe he wouldn't even influence me like a father should, but I still miss him. You know, it still is what it is. And um, I remember the Lord telling me at the altar, I'll be your father now. I'm going to walk with you. Mm. And it was such a powerful moment. I went home that night and the Lord was just, I was just praying as a 17 year old on my knees in my room. And the Lord was like, I'm going to be your father. I'm going to walk with you. Mm. I have you, you know? And then he proceeded to provide different father figures for me That's ever since that point, yeah. my whole life. Yeah. And it was the lead pastor of that church and the youth pastor were both father figures. Then when I moved to Stockton, that lead pastor and the worship pastor became my father figures. Um, and just everywhere that I've been, I've always had somebody yeah. be that. And they, and you know, the Lord um, just gives us wisdom and who to choose to be that. Because come on, you can't just let any old body speak into your life. <laughs> right. True. Good, good point. We give people that place. We need to write that down. Come on. Like, so you look at somebody like the Bible says that has fruit in their life and that's who we allow to speak into our lives. Yeah. And so I would see these people, these pastors and these leaders with fruit in their lives. And I'd be like, man, I got to get under them. Um, I got to connect with them. Right. And boom. And even coming here to Pastor Eric, who is now kind of playing that role for yeah. us in yeah. a lot of ways. Absolutely. Right. Even nowadays. Mm -hmm. And I still got connections with my other worship pastor. Who's my guy. And so the Lord all through the way, and these different people have helped me with finances because I was worried about that becoming a man, man, I got to get married. I'm going to have to provide for somebody that scared me. And so the Lord literally told me, I'm going to be your father. I'm going to walk with you. And then he's provided different father figures. That's kind of how personally I overcame that is recognizing that looking at these leaders saying, I got to get under them. I got to get them in my life. I got to be in their life, seeing the fruit on their life. So personally, man, I think whatever it is you got to do, if that's your issue, get a mentor, somebody who has fruit in their life, get under them. Um, that's great. Like, that's why we have Thrive Groups. We could do right. life together. We can right. connect somebody or there's even peers. And to, yeah. And to speak into that identity that God's called you to, right? Like, yeah. Totally. Totally. That's so good. That's it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, that's really good, Pashwan. And your mom did an amazing job. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's fun to watch you and Pastor Chris become amazing men. Pastor Chris is a great dad already. You're going to be a great dad. Um, I think just, just to say yes, like if you are a father, take that job super seriously for your kids. Come on. You don't typically have to give that pep talk to the, to moms. Right. Women are not more natural nurturers and us men, I mentioned kind of getting our identity out of our work. We can fall into that trap pretty easy. Yep. Mm, that's good. And so uh, if, if there's for the men out there who maybe have children, don't be an absent dad, even if you're home, because you can be an absent dad, even when you're in the house, mm -hmm. take that job of mentoring extremely seriously. That's the most important role you have in their lives because a day will come when they're going to grow up and leave your house and your influence will be 
less, a lot less, and you want them equipped to be able to be good men, godly men, reliable men. If you didn't have a dad, seek out a mentor. And Pastor Juan, you mentioned it's got to be the right kind of person. Right. But seek that out. There are, the, the, the Lord has given us every good gift we need, including godly men that we can go to for counsel, advice, prayer, mm-hmm. confession, accountability. Those men are, are in our lives. And if we are a, a man of faith who have weathered storms and kept our integrity mm-hmm. and no one's perfect, but we, we've grown and we're strong in the faith, we need to do our job to seek out young men mm. who we may think needs the mentor you know, the covering and the support, seek them out, have a heart for them because our identity has a lot to do with our relationships. Yes. So true. We had a stay well event. It was a zoom event online. If you missed it, it's in our, you can go to our webpage or to our YouTube channel and access it. We had a great counselor talk about how during this coronavirus season, we want our children to be resilient Mm. resiliency. It's a great topic. It's a great, it's a great principle. We want our kids to be resilient. And he talked about how there are two key ways children are resilient. One is that they have routine, like there's normalcy to their lives. So if we're raising kids, put them in bed at the same time every night. Don't let them run the house, give them structure, give them order, feed them at the right time. At the same time, try to have things in place where the kids can count on. They need that to feel good about themselves. And second, is that when they fail and the therapist used the example of the kid riding a bike and then when they fall down, they look back at their parent, say their father or their mother watching them. And if the parents like, it's okay, me, will get up, shake it off, write mm. it back. The kid tends to recover quickly and say, okay, I guess I'm not going to die. I'm all right. Mm. I got <laughs> this. Right. Because the relationships bring resiliency. We need believers that are resilient in particular. Yep. Mm. We need men who are resilient. There's a whole other conversation sure. we could have about next podcast. Yeah. About <laughs> why, why men grow up slower than women. There's a whole thing to that. Ooh, and and me, men are tempted to be kids till they're in thirties. Now when women <laughs> don't mm-hmm. really have that choice, right. if they want to have, like, have a family, they want to get education, have a family. Um, but we, we need to um, have those godly relationships that help us know who we are. So we can, we can be who we're called to be. Absolutely. Mm. And, and I really wanted them to jump into this because I, I think that some of you out there, you're hearing this and we talked about a lot. We talked about, right. The sexualization of a culture. We talked about Netflix, cuties, homosexuality, sexual sin in general. And I think sometimes we can tend to listen to podcasts or things and we're just talking about issues. They're right. They're wrong. Okay, go home. But that's not what we're called to do as the church. The church is not just called to talk about issues and hold the line, although that's what we're going to do, but Mm -hmm. then offer the solution to humanity, which Mm -hmm. is Jesus, which is the gospel, which is if you're listening to this right now and you know that there's something in you pulling you to have a deeper relationship with God, to leave this life of, of the things you're struggling with, the sin you're dealing with, whatever in that sexual sin list, it can be anything Mm-hmm. that Jesus call, can call you home, that you can come home. Yeah. You can be a son and daughter. You could follow him. I've done it. Pastor Juan's done it. Pastor Eric's done it. We're not special, right? Like we're just uh, normal amen. people. Yeah. Amen. And um, that's why we, we're going to talk about hot topics, hot takes in the words of Pastor Juan and culture, come but on. then offer the solution. 
which is which is ultimately Jesus and is ultimately truth. And so I, I love this conversation today, guys. I think this conversation was powerful. And if you're hearing this, I pray that this stirs you up to, to not just have a good podcast listen. I pray that this actually today caused you to move forward. Mm. And maybe you weren't struggling with any of these things, but at least now you can love better. You can yeah. serve better. Amen. Maybe you were struggling with speaking up. Now you can speak up in a, in a, in a powerful way. Right. I, I yeah. hope it really encouraged someone listening today. So thank you guys for, for jumping on the podcast. I know this is going to speak to someone uh, can't wait to hear the feedback. Let us know in the comments what you think. And then make sure you subscribe to our channel. Make sure you're sharing it. Make sure you send this to someone that would love to hear this and, and would really encourage and inspire their heart. Any last words, Pastor Eric, Pastor Juan? Oh, great job, Pastor Chris. Well yeah. done. Pastor Juan, got to have you back. Oh, it was great to be with y'all, man. Yeah. It was awesome. And Pastor Ben, thank you for your hard work making this all happen. Yes, he's the man. Pastor Golf Ben clap. is the man. Pastor Ben. All right. All right. Well, love you, family. We will see you soon. Have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.